There's places in us energetically and emotionally and physically that we literally can't be present with ourselves. We need the support of someone externally to be with us so that we can go deeper and the energies can begin to process. Welcome back to Vital Revival. This is Christopher Stacer, and today on show six, we're going to be talking to Lisa Hartnett. Lisa is a very talented network chiropractor based in the Bay Area, and she has some great ideas. It's going to be really fun for her to share some of her insights as a healer, as a chiropractor, network chiropractor, and as an animal intuitive. Um, One of the things I really got out of our conversation is the importance of having emotional mental circulation in our lives so that things don't stagnate. And the discipline of having meditation, physical practices, as well as being able to really be present with oneself and have others present for, for you can make a very profound transformative experience for your life. And with that, let's go ahead and bring Lisa into the conversation. Well, Lisa, it's really exciting. We finally get to connect across virtual space here. Are you in San Francisco? Yeah, I'm in Marin County. Marin, that's right. And I guess it's been three or four years since we met um, from the dance, basically the dance community, right? Yes, yep. And then we went to see Thich Nhat Hanh together. That was really exciting. Yeah. Well, I've been intrigued with your work since the time that we met, and I, I'm just excited to reconnect and learn. I'm really excited to hear about your story and how you, how you got on this pathway. Maybe you can describe what you do now professionally, and then, and then we'll talk a little bit about how you got there. Yeah, sure. What I do professionally is I help people emotionally and mentally and spiritually in the places that are really difficult for them. So the places where they have fear, maybe there's a trauma, some place inside oneself where they don't want to face. So I act as a friend and a guide in that place and help them heal and find resolution and be able to feel like, oh, I can handle that place inside myself rather than feel like I need to run away from it or avoid it. So I call that spiritual counseling. Mm -hmm. I'm actually licensed as a chiropractor and practiced for many years, network chiropractic, which I still do somewhat. It's a gentle form of chiropractic that is, I would call it a mind-body approach to chiropractic. It's very different than what people think of when they think of chiropractic. You know, most people think of cracking and structural adjustments. This is very gentle touch to help open the energy in the body so that your body can begin to self-heal and self-correct. And it works on the mental, emotional, and physical layers of someone. So I find it more holistic and comprehensive because you're working on the patterning that puts the body into the positions and structure that it's in. Right. So I like working on all all those layers and looking on all those layers because I find it's not simply a structural issue, you know, issue. So 
it's much more like what's happening internally and why is the body adapting and taking the shape and position. So, I mean, of course, unless there's been a trauma or an accident, you know, then it's much more obvious. It's more purely a structural issue, but even then there can be deeper issues going on mm-hmm. that it's not only purely structural from some accident, some fall, some, something like that. So I do that. And then I also uh, communicate with animals and I, I do uh, medical intuition. And I also do energy healing with animals, both physically in my, that come to my office are, and are in my presence, as well as I do this over the phone with animals in different states and countries as well. So um, I really look at it as one sensitivity though in myself people ask like wow that's a lot you do mm-hmm. but in my personal experience it all comes from the same place which is being sensitive and listening got it not just to what someone's saying but listening as well to whether it's a person or an animal one's body you know what i feel emotionally from the person energetically so it's listening on multiple layers, and then I can know how to really help someone, whether it's an animal or a person. So that was a mouthful, but yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> well, gosh, that's definitely a mouthful. I, I'm curious, what, I also read about your somatic practice. Uh-huh. You, what do you call that, and, and is that, how does that connect with everything else? So through my own personal healing process, I have been exposed to somatic experiencing and done quite a lot of sessions with that, received that myself. And also part of my own spiritual journey, this was years before somatic experiencing, I heard intuitively and realized that me being really present in my body and coming into my body and inhabiting it energetically was key to my healing. Mm -hmm. So that process began quite a long time ago, like I said, before I began somatic experiencing. And then it was a natural continuation for me to receive help with somatic experiencing. So that is an integral piece of how I help people with spiritual counseling or with the network chiropractic or simply if I am doing hands-on intuitive healing work. I really feel it's essential for people to be present in their body and present with whatever it is they're experiencing because we have no basis of beginning or healing to happen if we don't start. Let me back up there just for a moment. It's like healing is not even possible to begin. We don't have a beginning point if someone isn't in their body and present with themselves. Got it. Really. You, you can't really begin. So I, you know, it's not always like someone's able to access their body and be present right away. Sometimes that's a process or it's foreign for some people. So I know I made it sound probably like, oh, you can just do it and then we begin the healing process, but it varies for people how that looks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How does that play out? Like we might 
you know, with, with the practice of, of say a static dance, five rhythms dance, how does that play out like in your, your own personal practices? Mm. Can you ask a little bit more your question? I'm curious. Yeah. Well, what I, what I found personally is, is just how therapeutic it is to get on the dance floor. Yeah. And as a personal practice to just get out there and to just move through things. Yes. Like to, to use the body as the vehicle and yeah. dance specifically as a really direct vehicle to just, you know, it might be running, it might be some other form of movement, but yeah. the actual movement creates breakthrough itself. Yeah. Physical restructuring and physical repatterning. I see what you're saying now and in, in talking about Chris and I feel a lot of people feel similar to what you're saying. For myself personally, I have a passion as well as dancing for meditation. Now, a lot of people don't feel like they can sit still or are not comfortable with that. For me, the breakthroughs you're talking about happen for me in meditation So as well. So when I'm experiencing something emotionally inside myself that's difficult or I'm in physical pain, which I've actually have had long-term body pain for 20 years. So that's something I deal with daily throughout the day. And meditation has been key to being with that and being present and experiencing release and breakthrough. So Yes, dance is helpful for me for what you said to find that release and move through things internally. And also for me, meditation is as well as being outside in nature. Mm -hmm. Do you want to describe your meditative, pro meditative process at all? Um, I don't know if that would be helpful for people, but really what I do, I meditate usually about an hour to an hour and a half each morning. And I like to meditate outside. And my process is simply being present in my body with whatever I'm experiencing, whether that's physical pain, whether that's, you know, a sensitivity, being connected to nature, whether that's emotional turmoil in any one given moment, it has showed me that I can be with my experience and go through it. Got it. Well, that, that's certainly, I think, exciting and helpful to hear. There's so many approaches. Yeah. There are. There are different approaches for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely curious how you got into healing arts, how you got in, on this path. Yeah, that's a great question. I, um, let's see, it was when I graduated from college and I was sick. I, you know, had went to many doctors and many appointments and it took quite a while for them to diagnose me. And they fi finally diagnosed what was going on for me as chronic fatigue syndrome. And they told me, which I feel really fortunate about, they, and at, that, at, at the moment they told me I felt completely bewildered to hear, but um, you know, they said, there's nothing we can do for this. You're basically gonna have this for the rest of your life and there's no way we can help you because it's a virus. 
And, you know, being really young, graduating college, that was devastating for me to hear. And I remember sitting in my kitchen by myself alone, just, I felt completely bewildered and devastated and didn't know what to do. And I started getting turned on to things like one, a book about chronic fatigue and the underlying mental emotional patterns Mm -hmm. that contribute to that illness. And that was an eye opener for me. I had not been raised like that or to think like that. And I was completely floored to come across that and start to look at what I was experiencing rather than like a death sentence in a way, like I'm going to have it forever as like, this is something I can do something about and I can heal from. And then I also got turned on to homeopathy. So I went to a homeopath Mm -hmm. and that helped. And I wouldn't call myself really intuitive at that phase of my life, but I did get this call. I was living in Washington, D.C. with my boyfriend at the time, and I got this call of, I need to move to Boulder, Colorado. And I had no, never been there before and had no real rational, you know, context for that. (laughs) And so I just, something in my being knew, and there was no questions or no doubts. And I said to my partner, I'm moving to Boulder, Colorado are you coming? (laughs) (laughs) And we did. We ended up moving there together. And it's a great story because I'm, we're traveling across the country together. And my brother is in New Mexico at the time with a psychic. Mm -hmm. And my brother tells the psychic what's happening to me with my health. And the psychic says to my brother, your sister is going to meet someone in Boulder, Colorado, that's going to change your life. Wow. And so that was, yeah, and I did. And I feel that that's why I was called to Boulder, Colorado. I met a network chiropractor. Okay. And I had never been exposed to it. And that's why I do network chiropractic and got into it. And it changed my life. It, wow. it was the thing that got me back on my feet and helped me get my energy back and really get over the hump and fully heal. So, yeah, that, that was a life changer. And the, what happened in that process of receiving network chiropractic really opened me to the point where I was like, I had my energy back. I felt like I had my life back. And I, I knew I was like, I need to go to chiropractic school. I need to do this for other people. Mm-hmm. And wow. so that's how my healing journey or get, getting into the healing arts began. Mm-hmm. And I, I was never exposed to any of those, you know, chiropractic, you know, healthy ways of living. Um, right. I mean, it's what, not was, what was your undergrad? Oh, I just did uh, speech communications in a minor in French because I was completely clueless. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Right. So I was like, okay, I'm going to college. I have no idea. And I wanted something easy. Mm-hmm. And I, this is a hilarious, Chris. I wanted to not do science classes because I felt like fear around it. I didn't feel like I was good at it, science, math. Mm-hmm. And then here I am wanting to go to chiropractic school and it's all based in science. Right. And I ended up graduating valedictorian of my class. Oh, so my it's word. like, yeah. 
So that is really, uh, I love that story because it shows how I had fear that I could get through. Because often I know personally and other people have the same experience. When we feel fear, we can feel frozen or paralyzed or feel like it's real. Yeah. So, yeah. It's also That's how I got exciting. on the path. It's so exciting that, that what we think we're going to be when we're, or if we even know, in our <laughs> early 20s. <laughs> well, it's so funny. I love hearing you say that because, so I graduated chiropractic school. I opened my chiropractic office and um, shortly after opening my chiropractic office, I would say about a year into it or a little bit more, I started to hear animals talk. I was going through powerful spiritual opening at that time of my life in healing. And like you said, we don't know who will become or what we'll do. I had never even heard of animal communication. <laughs> so it wasn't like, oh, I want to learn this and do this. It was all of a sudden one day, I was working with a teacher at that time who had similar sensitivities. And I was going through, like I said, a lot of opening and healing. And all of a sudden, I came home to a cat I had lived with for six years already. And all of a sudden, I started to hear a talk, and I thought I was crazy. <laughs> wow. Like, okay, <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> so you could just, the voice was just coming right in. Yeah, it was, it was literally like a voice like you talking to me. And uh, yeah, it, it took me a long time to, you know, understand what was happening and feel secure in that. So um, I didn't expect that at all. And I, you know, I had, I've always since I was a little girl loved animals and when I went to chiropractic school, I was thinking, oh, do I want to go to vet school and help animals? Mm -hmm. But I decided to go to chiropractic school. And I love how it came full circle where I'm helping animals now, but in a way that really makes sense for me, mm -hmm. where I feel like I'm using abilities that are really, it's it just a way of helping that makes sense. Right. You know, so Yeah. <laughs> and so how has your health improved or changed or transformed in this process? Well, I don't feel like I have that anymore. Chronic fatigue syndrome. Mm -hmm. Like I just, I don't relate to that. I don't feel that. I feel like chronic fatigue to me and all that I went through was the manifestation of one a habit pattern I had learned really young and was modeled to me of pushing myself. Okay. So I was always pushing beyond okay. my boundaries in extremes. Like I was racing mountain bikes, you know, I was, I was not aware of rest and balance yeah. and the need for our body and our mind and emotions of restoration and, mm -hmm. you know, just simple replenishment. I thought, Oh, oh you sleep. That's replenishment. Right. Right. So um, it was really the result of me pushing myself and living out that habit, at habit as well as repressed emotions that okay. I had from my childhood mm -hmm. where I was hurt and I had never dealt with it. I didn't have what I needed around me to look at that 
and handle that. And so I remember being on the table receiving network chiropractic early on when I was in Boulder. And all of a sudden, I just started bawling. Wow. Really deeply. And I was like, had no idea what was happening. Mm-hmm. And now most people hearing this will be surprised. They won't think of chiropractic like that, but network that happens in network okay. chiropractic. Whereas the body opens, the patterns unlock not only physically in the body, but emotionally. Mm-hmm. And so what's being stored in the body gets a chance to free up, like you were saying, you experience in dance. Right. And then sometimes there's blocked emotion there. It's not just a physical pattern. So I was bawling. And wow. I just, then I began to work privately one-on-one with someone understanding what was happening and mm-hmm. what was coming up for me. And it was a lot of what happened when I was little that I had never addressed, particularly being hit as a child and yelled at. Right. So it was time for me to experience what wasn't safe to experience when I was little. Cause when someone faces something like that, we just, kind of do what we can do to move on and be in an environment where it's like, so it's not about processing and healing it. (laughs) Right. I think you understand that. So at this phase of my life, it was opening up for me to look at that and heal that. And that's, that, that was a very deep process and continues to be. Mm Yeah. Yeah. What might you say um, at this at this juncture of your career, um, in terms of just our audience, um, Vital Revival, and the themes that I love are, yeah. you know, where I guess you're probably in your 40s like me. Yeah, 46, yeah. Yeah, so, so what might you tell people as peers or, or older or younger, people that are younger that are, that are turning towards the middle age? Mm. What kinds of... Um, thoughts you have in terms of, of high lifestyle practices of, you know, basically what keeps you vital? What, what keeps yeah. you really, I you think, know, on your, on your, um, your edge? Yeah. Well, I think it's really important to find some practice that rejuvenates you mm-hmm. and also time when, for me, I feel like it's essential where I can be present and intimate with myself. Now, I mean, I want to speak on this because it's a passion of mine. And I feel like we live in a culture where we're bombarded by so much information and this need to be successful and drive, which, hey, I understand we all have that in us, but at the expense of where we're truly at home home with ourselves, and intimate with ourselves, and know how to handle our pain and know how to handle the places in us that we want to avoid or we find difficult. And, you know, this is where I feel like most pain is experienced in relationship. Okay. You know, take for an example, an intimate relationship. Most of the pain that's experienced is because The person itself, like myself, we don't know how to handle our own pain, Mm -hmm. our own difficulty, our own emotions. So then we take that out or act it out 
and the people around us. So I have a particular passion and emphasis that people find not only a practice, whether it's meditation, whether it's poetry, whether it's walking out in nature, biking, running, mm -hmm. uh, dancing, find something where it's like they can rejuvenate, they can take themselves out of their daily habits and, you know, responsibilities. I feel like that's really important, that balance. But then also there's some practice where one is quiet with oneself, okay. where you can actually be with yourself and feel intimately what's going on, maybe what you're struggling with or maybe what you're completely joyous about and you want to celebrate with the people around you. And um, if you don't mind, I go off on something because this is yeah. on a similar theme that I'm passionate about. It's, you know, with my spiritual counseling that I do with people, I do this a lot and I absolutely love this, is it's on the same theme of being intimate with oneself. So myself and I feel like everyone included, we have this habit to run away from ourselves. I don't think I'm saying anything that we don't already know, right? Right? To some degree. Mm -hmm. Whether it's through movies, whether it's through friends, we can do that. Whether it's through some form of entertainment. It's not to say don't do any of those things, but there can be that layer where we're distracting ourselves from ourselves because we oh, actually yeah. don't want to be alone with ourselves and intimate. So in the spiritual counseling that I do, I love this because I'm with people in the most vulnerable, intimate places that one is having such a hard time being there with oneself. Mm -hmm. And so that to me is precious. Yeah. I feel honored to be able to be with people in those places that are ch challenging or difficult for someone mm -hmm. because someone's opening up to me and letting me in. Right. And then I get to be there not only as a presence, a friendly presence energetically, which allows someone to feel safe and open mm -hmm. authentically, but I also can be a guide so that these places inside that are feel overwhelming or you don't want to face or you feel like, ah, oh, I just, you've been avoiding for so long. What happens is through helping a person, they begin to realize, oh, I can metabolize these energies. Okay. I can actually find resolution here. Mm -hmm. I actually don't have to run away from myself anymore in this particular place because I can't handle the pain or I don't like the thoughts I'm thinking about myself and the subsequent pain that brings up about myself what happens is it's christopher it's like a room like say you live in a house and you had a room where you just shut the door and there's all this clutter and stuff that you never deal with and you right. never address it's like and that's the same thing about our emotional mental physical processes you know that room is there like oh, yeah. you know 
even if it's just like a subtle irritation inside or ache or, oh, it's, or it's more obvious, oh, it's those thoughts again about myself or that person I'm having difficulty with or those emotions, like we all, all know it's inside of ourselves. Right. But it's like that room in a house where it's like we don't ever address it or deal with it. And what that creates is the room still exists, but you're avoiding it. And so that place in us mentally, physically, emotionally still exists, but it's actually not being dealt with in a way where those energies can circulate. Mm -hmm. Because to me, health, the essence of health is circulation. I love that. It is. It's like, it's like, look, and this doesn't make like, if you look at a stream and you look look at a place where there's a lot of algae, it's like on the side of the riverbed, there's a whole ecosystem that exists there. And that's natural for that system, right? Mm -hmm. But the riverbed itself that's flowing water has a different ecosystem. So I use that analogy, like the emotional, mental, and physical energies in our body need to circulate and flow for health. If we allow it to get into an eddy, like on the side of a river of stagnation, you're getting algae, you're getting other forms of experiences internally where maybe you don't take risks inside yourself because you have a certain issue around self-worth or a certain fear. Mm -hmm. It shows up externally in one's lifestyle and one's actions. So I feel that's why I'm so passionate about it. As you can hear, I could talk about this for a while and I call this emotional alchemy. Okay. Because that's my literal energetic experience of when someone or myself is present with oneself in intimate physically, mentally and emotionally, the energy of whatever pattern is stuck or you're avoiding begins to go in through an alchemical process energetically where it transforms. Mm-hmm. It becomes a movable, breathable experience instead of some place that feels solid and you're not dealing with it. Or maybe you're not dealing with, maybe you just, you hear it all the time, but you're overwhelmed by it. Mm-hmm. You don't know how to be present and metabolize the energy in a way that creates alchemy and transformation. And that's where I found in my sessions, it's key to have help. We can't do it alone. There's places in us energetically and emotionally and physically that we literally can't be present with ourselves. We need the support of someone externally to be with us so that we can go deeper and the energies can begin to process. Okay. So I know that's a mouthful, but I feel like this is probably my deepest passion in my life. And of course, you know, the hands-on healing I do with people and talking with animals and helping, I just have so much passion about that. But I feel there's no one exempt from what I'm saying. Absolutely. Everybody has places inside oneself that they feel overwhelmed by. They feel like they can't handle. They feel powerless to. They feel like they can't get through. And it's like I'm saying to everyone, it's like, get help. 
Got it. Maybe like going to the gym, it will take a year or however long for you to build the muscles, endurance, and strength internally that you can do it for yourself. But like, Mm -hmm. get the help so that you can face what you need internally and you can realize, oh, I can get through this. I can metabolize this. I can be resilient here. Like, I don't have to have this place inside of me where I'm always overpowered by Mm -hmm. and I feel like I can't get through. So, you know, that's, I have to say, Christopher, been my life's work because I'm involved in Buddhism and I've been meditating for, I'd say, 20 years. Mm -hmm. So that's really my life's work is I've been looking at myself and my own challenges Because in meditation, for me, it's like I can't escape myself. (laughs) I know some people, that's not their experience of meditation. Maybe they go into other states. But the way I practice is very grounded and body-based and aware of my emotions and sensations. Mm -hmm. So I'm not able to escape myself. So it's like, for me, I had to learn, how do I do this? You know, how do I handle these emotions without feeling taken out or feeling like I can't get through it? Mm-hmm. So it's really my, been my life's work, this. And that's why I love helping people because, like I said, I'm repeating, I don't feel like anyone's exempt of this. Right. You know. And, um, so, and so obviously you do this, do, the, do this work in person, also do some remote work. Oh, yeah. I've been doing phone sessions. There's a client I've had where I've never met physically in, in um, you know, we've never met physically. Mm-hmm. And he's told me, like, because he's had severe pain and a lot of challenge. And he constantly says how much I've helped him and really, you know, saved his life, he said. Wow. So it doesn't need to happen because I do a lot of phone sessions with my animal communication as well with people. And, um, and the other piece of the process I want to mention, Christopher, because, you know, part of the initial step is having the courage to face oneself, right? And mm-hmm. stop running away and to be intimate and be honest with what we're challenged with whether it's some past trauma, whether it's some continual repetitive thought you have about yourself, Mm -hmm. whether it's a difficulty with another person, whether it's physical pain in the body like I've had. um, The first step is being honest and have the courage to face it. And then through getting help, you can process, like I said, and metabolize it. But the gem that I feel to say in this that people often don't realize that I have experienced over and over again with my own process and helping other people, because I've been in business helping people since 99. Okay. Is this is what's like the silver lining is it's literally an alchemical process that the emotions that are literally difficult, you can't handle, feel overpowering, turn into gold. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is say you've had difficulty inside yourself with some issue around self-worth or some thought about yourself that's really debilitating or, 
you know, doesn't make you feel good about yourself, as you face those thoughts and emotions and energy, and as they metabolize and digest, what emerges is some quality inside yourself that would never emerge if you didn't go through that process. Mm -hmm. Maybe for one person, it's strength. Yeah. Maybe for another person, it's open heartedness and tenderness. Maybe for another person, it's compassion, which mm -hmm. translates not only towards oneself, but other people around them. So it is such a precious process in, in gems are revealed. Wow. You know, that I feel to speak of that because it can seem daunting to face energies and emotions inside oneself. And I do. I feel like it's what I call the hero's process. Right. I love that. It's not to grandize that and make yeah. that into like some ego trip, mm -hmm. but it does. It, right. it requires something internally. So essentially, this is shadow work. You could, you could call it that, potentially. Yeah, I mean, I don't like to use that word. Mm -hmm. I would say there's various reasons for that, but it's like you could say shadow work. I just feel like, and this is something, God, I've been in the spiritual worlds for a long time, and I see some of the most cruelty inflicted upon oneself in the spiritual worlds because out of practicing spirituality, people think they need to be a certain way. Yeah. From the teachings of spirituality or the community or how they interpret what they're hearing. And so in my experience of studying with Thich Nhat Hanh, we are the light in the dark. <laughs> you know, and to really get that deep in someone's bones is different than to just hear what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Because to get it deep in your bones, you start to treat yourself with such kindness. Okay. And you really evolve out of the perspective that there's some part of you to get rid of. Right. Or that you heal, that that won't affect you or not it won't affect you but it won't be in you anymore right that to me i feel like is a form of violence mm -hmm. that type of approach with oneself and i see it it's prolific and people have internalized through being in spiritual practices and being around communities and teachings that you know i need to be all light or and I hear that a lot in communities. Like they want to just emphasize the light oh, yeah. and just be the light. I have to say that is not possible. <laughs> I mean, really, it's like, you know, I come back to the yin and yang symbol. Yeah. They coexist together. It's not just the light. They're actually within each other. Oh, yeah. So I feel striving for just the light is a form of violence towards oneself and denial. Yeah. And so actually for me, what I've learned is I deeply embrace myself, whatever's here in this moment. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I have a hard time doing that because we all have places that feel like too much for us. So I get support and I get regular help. Okay. 
you know, and I feel like that's essential as a culture that we live in. We are so value independence and we've lost touch with how important help is and how much we really need each other. Because mm-hmm. I can tell you, you face some really difficult something in yourself, you will be humbled and realize really quickly how much you need somebody. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's really obvious. Right. <laughs> you know, we need each other. Oh, yeah. We really need each other. And um, so I'm glad that came up because I like to mention that about spirituality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was my little hesitation to using the word shadow work because I feel how people can start to polarize or divide inside themselves. Like there's this part of me and there's that part of me. And we do that mentally. But really, I feel like it all exists within us. Mm-hmm. And really, our path is about building the container, the awareness that we can hold everything. Beautiful. You know, that's to me the real healing. Mm -hmm. It's not that, oh, I heal this issue and it's no longer, like I I remove it from my being. Right. Because in my experience, when I've healed the deepest things, I feel like I had this approach really early on, like, oh, it's not going to come back again. You know, (laughs) I'm done with it. Guess what? Maybe it doesn't come back the same way. Maybe you have some footing with it. But if you put yourself in a challenging situation, it may rear its head right away. Oh, yeah. So I feel like the kindest approach we can have with ourselves is to realize life is more like, how do we be with everything? Mm -hmm. Everything is a part of us. How do we treat that with care and kindness? Yeah. You know, because then if you're treating whatever is happening inside with care and kindness, it has the ability to move and flow mm-hmm. and not stay stuck. Or you're not subtly distancing yourself from, your, from it because you don't like it. Because if you do that, then it can't circulate again. It can't move. You know, that's a yeah. very common approach. We distance, we use our mind to distance ourselves. Mm-hmm. We use certain thoughts to distance ourselves from what we're actually experiencing as a way to help ourselves, but it actually doesn't let the energy circulate. Okay. Because really, for the energy to circulate, you have to be intimate and with it. Wow, it's very inspiring. It's like, I, it's so cool. I can talk about this because I, I, it's what yeah. I love. And it's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So you have a retreat coming up, I noticed. Yeah, I do. And it's in, um, it's in April. So it's April 2nd through the 9th. And that is in the Big Island in Kona. So the Big Island of Hawaii. And it's seven nights. We will swim with the dolphins, which I love. And I have done for a while. And it's just out of this world. So we will take two boat swims with the dolphins and we'll also swim our, on our own with them as well. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have two, two and a half sessions each day in a group with me mm-hmm. where we will deeply go into whatever is arising emotionally for mm-hmm. a person. So we, the person will get a chance to deeply experience and face 
themselves and receive the help of me and the group to be present with this person so they can go through what they need to. So it's very deep emotional healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find it powerful in the group. People get so much benefit out of watching another go through their mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. And the person itself gets a lot of support having me there as well as the other people to bear witness and hold space for the person. So it is transformational and catalytic. Mm -hmm. And the group is intimate. I take five to six people. And so it's a very intimate retreat so so that there is a strong container and people can feel held. Mm -hmm. And uh, we also will do uh, teachings. I'll teach about uh, living more intuitively. Okay. So opening one, one's intuition so it can become a practical experience, mm-hmm. not just some momentary experience, but how do I live from my intuition and how do I live deeply connected? Uh, that's a particular passion of mine as well because I was raised like most people to live from our head and our thoughts and we plan our day. Mm -hmm. And what I found is when my sensitivities opened and I started to hear animals, I realized there's this whole other flow of life guiding me Mm -hmm. of what to do each day and what actions to take. And could I trust leading my life from that because maybe I have a whole list of what I want to get done in a day. And so it was a very, um, you know, I had to uh, practice and it was a process of realizing I could trust my intuition and live from that place rather than rationally thinking of what I need to do in a day and feeling like I could only live from that place. Now I have my rational mind and it makes lists and it has ideas Mm-hmm. But ultimately, what guides me is the flow of life. Wow. And that's what I hear and live. Mm-hmm. And then in that experience, I feel a deep harmony with life. And I also feel like, kind of like I'm riding a magic carpet ride. Yeah. And it's a beautiful sensation. It's like if I'm just living in my rational mind, planning my life, life feels kind of flat. For right. me, and not so alive and juicy yeah. and... Um, And when I'm living connected to the flow and hearing that and letting that guide me in my actions and in my days, then I do. I feel literally buoyant and like Mm -hmm. life is filling me. Right. I don't feel alone. There's that theme of vitality, which I totally. Yes. Right. Okay. So you were asking about that. (laughs) I think that's one of the keys to living vitally is living intuitively. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's not debunking yeah. the rational mind right. or throwing out. It's just working in concert mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So I want to relate because when I was about t- actually 24 years old, yeah, I came back from Europe and I was absolutely crystal clear that I was going to move to Spain. <laughs> absolutely crystal clear. And of course I did. Uh-huh. And, and I just think about how your that impulse to go to Boulder, which was so crystal clear for you. Yeah. How transformative that's been on the trajectory of your life. And you just, I just want want to encourage, you know, celebrate those irrational impulses. They mean something and you got to listen. I totally agree with you. When, 
the impulse is connected with a deep sense of knowing mm -hmm. that's life communicating mm -hmm. now what i've learned in all my years of meditating and helping people there are times where i feel like our impulse comes from our desire of what right. we want it's not the intuitive impulse of life guiding and i've had to learn and distinguish that and that's a powerful practice mm -hmm. so for example like i had the feeling to travel and this was years ago and i really gave it up to life Okay. Like I wasn't quite sure, is this my desire or is this life guiding me? Mm -hmm. So I literally gave it up and I okay. sat in meditation and then I definitely felt my desire to go, but I knew at this point in my life that I wanted it to be in harmony with life. Cause I know when I live in harmony of life, there's a flow and an ease. And it right. was through sitting with myself in meditation that I really heard, no, you're to go. Okay. And even when you hear me say that, it's like, you know, when there's a bigger voice that's guiding you or there's some desire or there's some impulse. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that's important to distinguish. Yes. You know? Yeah. I love it. But just getting back to my retreat, because I didn't... Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, keep finish. going. Yeah, we're getting on all different topics. So, yeah, if people are interested, I definitely recommend getting in touch with me. They can get in touch with me through my website, which is... Do you mind I say that now? Go ahead. It's www.fulfilledliving.com. That's F is in Frank, U-L, F is in Frank, I-L-L-E-D... L-I-V-I-N-G.com. They can get in touch with me through my website or um, through my office at 415-457-0155. And they can, you know, ask me more questions about it or register. Because like I said, I'll be taking only six participants. So it will fill up. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> That's fantastic. And I'll make sure I put these links yeah uh, on the on the page as well yeah well i think we should do this again this is so much fun i do too it's like i felt a little like is it okay i'm just talking and talking i could feel my passion for what i had to say so thanks for providing me the space and you know asking the questions and getting in touch with me again after all these years i've really appreciated talking to you thank you, thank you.